Hey everybody, welcome back to Oscar Month on Summer Movie Club. I am your host, Zach Weiss. I am both a little dog <laughs> and a big dog, <laughs> ladies. Um, my co-host this week, if you pay him $800, he's going to snitch on you to the Coast Guard so fast. So fast. It's Adam Weiss. That's, uh, that's kind of my thing. Yeah, they, they call you the, the your nickname uh, in high school was uh, appropriately the Coast Guard Snitcher. Yeah, um, not very high school kids. Uh, not very creative with their nicknames. No, they're um, not very imaginative at all. No, it's it's what you do. You snitch, and so I mean, it's it's good for knowing what you're all about. Yeah, you know. Uh, this week we are covering the. A uh, multi-nominated Oscar movie, uh, nominated for Best Picture, of course, or we'll be talking about it, uh, CODA. CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Uh, quick uh, synopsis of the movie. As a CODA, as, as, as I said, Child of Deaf Adults, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music by wanting to go to Berkeley College of Music and her fear of abandoning her parents. Uh, real quick, let me pull up Coda so we can get a uh, get a full uh, list of what it's nominated for. It is nominated this year for three Oscars: uh, Best Motion Picture, Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role for Troy Kotzer, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, the screenplay was written and the film was directed by Sean Heder. Um, it's based on a 2014 French film, La Famille Belier which is credited in the writing credits to Victoria Beidos, Stanislas Carrie del Malberg, Eric Latigo, uh, La I'm going to go with, and Thomas Bidigan. Uh Not a huge cast worth mentioning. Not that the, not worth mentioning, but, you know, how we, um, did, like, we talked about I don't, I don't know why, but I want to say that his name is pronounced Lartigua. Lartigua? All right, Lartigua. Um, the cast, uh, Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi, Troy Kotzer, aforementioned as Frank Rossi, Daniel Duran as Leo Rossi, Marley Matlin as Jackie Rossi, Eugenio de Derbez, Derbez, I don't know, wait, what's your ruling on that one, Adam? What, who, wait, who are we talking about? Uh, the guy who plays Bernardo Villalobos. You, um, you, I'm looking at the IMDb credits right now, and the credits are way fucky. Like the mom, it's it's it seems it's like a order of appearance kind of thing. Uh, Eugenio Derbez. Uh, we also have Amy Forsyth as Gertie and Ferdig Walsh Pilo as Miles. Um, um also I just wanted to mention uh, Stone Martin as Harry Potter boy. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, um, good, good. I'm glad, you know, it's nice that Stone's getting work. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, right up top, I want to mention, I was saying to Adam before we went on the air, I was a little apprehensive watching the movie again this week. This is the second time I've seen it. Uh, prior to watching it, I had it. I have it as my top movie in all three categories that's nominated for. I have it as my best picture. I have it as my best supporting actor. And I have it as my best adapted screenplay. I was worried I was going to uh, have different feelings about it watching it again. Because I watched this one fairly early in the process of watching all the award films. Because it was one of the more easily accessible ones uh, early on. Um, I was worried I was going to think less of it. Maybe just 
you know, compared to other things I had watched that I would feel differently. And I'm, I was happy to see that. No, I, it's still, it still resonated with me the same way. Still um, got me emotionally the same spots. Um, you know, it's a, a kind of a Coco syndrome. I knew what was coming. Uh, still got me, still made me tear up, even knowing what was coming. Um, and what did hey, you think of the movie? Go, this, this was your. Did you go over hmm? the writer and director? Yeah, I said because I mentioned that the screenplay was written by Sean Hedder, who also directed it. Because I mentioned it was nominated for best adapted street screenplay. I, I don't, I don't think it's Sean. It is. I looked it up. Is it? Is it pronounced Sean? It's pronounced like the English S E A N. Yeah. Because it's a lady. I know it's a lady. I was ladies like, can't be Sean. said Sean, and then I saw that it was a woman. I'm like, maybe it's like Cyan. No, 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 it's Sean. It's I think it's Irish. Oh, okay. And you know, like, look at what's her name? Like, uh, what's what's the the actress's name? Who was in Lady Bird? I can never remember how it's supposed to be pronounced. Oh, Sir Sharon. Yeah, Sir Sharon. It's like that. Like that. Sir Sharon. No. Uh, yeah. You guys want to? You guys hungry? You want to get some lunch? Yeah. What are you What are you feeling like? You want to go get some Irish sushi? Sushi? Like, oh, you want to go down to Sushi Ronin? Sushi Ronin, baby. It's just It's just corned beef uh, wrapped in a <laughs> in a seaweed. Yeah, um, I say, a, an Irish sushi is literally just corned beef wrapped in a piece of cabbage. Um, I remember we tried because for uh, New Year's every year. Me and Becky have a uh, a uh, for like a, a meal from another country, um, New Year's Eve dinner. And this year we we were looking maybe like oh maybe something Irish. And then we looked at it literally just you just Google Irish recipes. It's literally just like three different ways to cook corned beef. And you're like I guess we'll do something else. Um, but I'm sorry, before I interrupted you, you were saying something. Oh, I don't remember. I think you were oh, asking I asked me you about how the you, movie. Yeah, I asked how, this was your first time seeing it. How did you, how did you, uh, what did you think? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, at first I wasn't sure, um, and I'll talk about it, like, when we get there. Um, like, it's, some of the, like, the, the, particularly the teacher, um, Bernardo Huh? Bernardo Villalobos? Yes. He seemed a little bit like his character seemed a little over the top. Um and I wasn't can, sure like Can I say something thinks... mildly like that could be taken mildly offensive? Yeah. Uh over the top in a way that I was surprised when we were then introduced to his wife. Um yeah, I because I remember <laughs> I remember when I was when I was watching it. Um, I was like, "Oh, there's a." That, that's a, and that's a, uh, that's a, not so much a comment on how homosexual people act in real life, but how they're often portrayed. Yeah, how they're they're the, they're often portrayed as the over the top, um, stereotype. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, I, uh, I said to, I think I said to Zach, um, this movie. This movie might hit differently for me than it does for him, um, because you know it's a, a movie dealing with um, you know the 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 adversity of uh, of de- of having of dealing with a um, uh, you know a, a, a handicap 
um, in the family. Um, and I know my daughter isn't deaf, but my daughter is born blind. So I kind of, um, I, 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 I kind of, I, I can relate to that, um, you know, to that, you know, that, that, that whole, you know, dealing with something like that where, you know, it can be difficult. Um, and I kind of like, I, I, we'll talk about it later on when we get there. Um, but, uh, but I did, I, I, I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, I will I mean, say like. I, Watching I it a second. Okay. I would say there are two things I'll talk about. Um, there, the movie made me cry three times. I got four. Two of the three things I like. About halfway through the movie, I I said to myself, these two things are going to happen. And deep in my soul, I knew they were going to happen. And when they happened, I still it still got me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it got me. Like I said, four times. I have a, I have it notated yeah. as to when it, when I. Uh, I will say, like looking back at the movie, it's not going to win best picture. And in terms of inventive or um, prestige drama type movies, this is kind of not that. It's more of a. Um, like in a different world, maybe some of this movie is softened and it's released by Disney, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, it, you know what I mean? It kind of has that, like, it's more of a, like a, a feel good kind of, um, story on its whole, like that, that it's not going to win. I think the best shot it has really might be best adapted screenplay. Because mm-hmm. um, they're not going to give Troy Kotzer the Oscar either, because that looks like it's going to go to uh, the kid from uh, Power of the Dog, um, or at the very least, um, yeah, it's probably going to go to Cody Smith McPhee. But um, I mean, you know what? If if anyone could surprise, because they just won Best Ensemble Cast at the the SAG Awards, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if, if that's what, what vote, like award voters are trending towards, maybe like celebrating the cast, then he could sneak one past. Cause I think, I think, uh, uh, power of the dog is going to win elsewhere. Like, I think it's, it's right up there in terms of, uh, front runner for, um, best picture. I think it's, it's unless something crazy happens, I think it's got best director on lock and Benedict Cumberbatch has the best chance of anybody of upsetting Will Smith. So I think mm. so these awards lately, especially, they tend to want to like. I think the days of seeing one movie win eight, like eighteen Oscars, yeah. is is gone. I think like the like. Uh, I think uh, the, they, the, they like the parody. The, the, they jugger, like the juggernaut movie is a thing of the past. Yeah, I think it's gonna t- it's gonna take a real like. A real powerhouse of a movie to do something like that again. Well, luckily, James Cameron is coming out with Avatar two, three, four, I can't, five. I can't wait for Avatar Avatar six to sweep the Oscars. No. Uh, uh, so I think so. If you're looking at because I'm looking at my list now of of nominations in different categories, looking at where you could acknowledge movies that you want to give something to, but you know it's not going to win Best Picture. Best adapted screenplay again. It's against. It's against. It's my favorite, but it's against the power of the dog and Dune. 
Dune might be. I feel like they're going to want to give Dune something, and that might be where they give Dune. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then, so yeah, like if I think Troy Kotzer, the best, the best bet for this movie to get a win, I think now looking at everything is best supporting actor. I still don't think it's going to happen, but yeah. um, but it's not, it's not, it's 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 very well done. It's emotionally impactful, but it's it's really like you look at what it's up against the best picture. You, it, it stands out as being an outlier in the kind of movie that it is. Like you have, you have Licorice Pizza, which is a, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. That's a thing in itself. You have King Richard, which is like the prestige sports movie with the big acting performance. Uh, Don't Look Up is a star-studded thing. Belfast is that like quiet black and white indie drama that they like now ever since Roma. Uh, uh, Power of the Dog is like the juggernaut. Dune is like this big thing and then west side story is the prestige musical by the big the the director yeah so like and none of those things coda slots into a thing um i think uh not not saying that it, it has the same um the same feel or the same uh like thing on a whole but coda kind of slots into where like toy story 3 slotted in like a, like 10 years ago when it was nominated that mm-hmm. like not overly serious, even though you know Toy Story three went places. Um, yeah, I, I get like watching it. I'm, I'm rambling at this point, just looking at my Oscar list. Watching it last night, I was like, "This is a like this isn't like." I'm surprised it's nominated for an Oscar. I mean, not that it's it's like I said, it's well done. It's my favorite movie that's nominated, but it's like like with a little less production it could be a tv movie if that makes any sense yeah i could see that like it's done very well that's what raises it above the level like to the level it's it's gotten to but in other hands like so i guess sean header needs deserves all the credit in the world because with a in in less uh capable hands we might not even be talking about this movie yeah I don't know about you. I don't have a ton of notes. I have notes, but not like a ton of notes. Um, I think I have like I don't. I have. A, I think I have a decent amount. I was um, like halfway through the movie, and I realized I could still see my cast list at the top of the, the page. No. Um, um, I uh, I have a note right off the bat. Um, this this movie is an Apple TV, um, original. Correct. This might be yeah. this might be the first thing that I've watched that's that's an Apple TV original. Uh, me and Becky watched um, Defending Jacob with Chris Evans like two years ago, where he yeah. played the the district attorney father of a kid uh, accused of murder. Um, I feel like there was something else on Apple TV. Oh, we watched Servant. The M. Night Shyamalan produced uh, a fake baby. Oh, show. I wanted to watch that. I remember that fake baby thing. Uh, I remember my, my favorite thing about that, and I, I'm sure I've told this on, on the air before, is how I watched the trailer and I showed it to Becky after I watched it once. And I was like, I showed it to her and I kind of like half watched it while she was watching it. I was like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. What's, what's the thing? Is the, the baby the devil or something? She goes, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, it's obviously there's something wrong with the baby. Is it like evil or something? She goes, Zach, it's a rubber baby. I'm like, what are you talking? Like, what? Like, they didn't use a good like. 
like baby baby it's double like, and she goes like that no an american sniper yeah she's like no the conceit of the show is that it's not a real baby <laughs> and then i watched it again and it's incredibly obvious that it's, that's that's what the show is about about not a real baby yeah i'm just like oh baby's probably the devil or something <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan making baby devil movies. Oh, God, another baby devil movie from M. Night Shyamalan. My first note is about uh, the movie opens with them uh, fishing, and they pull up these, like, flat, like, pinkish, weird-looking fish. I was like, what the fuck kind of fish is that? It looks inside out. Like, it's almost as if they caught an inside-out fish. The haddock. And not like, not like the Pixar movie. No. Like not not a fish with a range of emotions. <laughs> yeah, not a fish with Lewis Black in his head. Um, but yeah, it's a um, fun fact. If that fish, if that fish did not have Lewis Black in its head, it would be the first no, fish a on record to not have a uh, Lewis Black in its head. That pink fish is not a is not a haddock. Is it a flounder? I don't know what a flounder looks like. Uh, they're yellow with like a blue mohawk and like blue stripes. Oh, that's it. No, flounders are like brown. What is that pink fish? It, it, I don't know. I'm just going to Google fish from Massachusetts, soda. Massachusetts pink fish, which is a, if you if you find the right hooker and you pay her $10, she'll take you in the alley and give you a, a Massachusetts pink fish. Massachusetts pink fish. Oh, no, I don't mean I'm just pink fish incorporated. What the kind of fish is. When you Google, I know. But I, I, I remember at some point in the movie, like, I remember at some point in the movie they talked. So, um, well, I mean, looking at, I would like I to see work a on a fishing boat. I, I, I just have a note later. I was like, should we just drop everything and go get a fishing boat and just go fishing? Um, I would, I would die. I don't, I don't do well on the open water. We'll get you some Dramamine or something. No, I don't do well. I don't do, do well in the open seas. Um, Zach, if you had a fishing boat, what would you name it? Um, uh, the Jenny. The Jenny. Um, right before we started recording, I asked it, Zach. I asked it. I asked Zach if he wanted to start a punk band, and now I kind of want to take the name of the punk band I want to start and call that the name of my boat, which was Abe Froman. Um, so I think I might name my boat Abe Froman. Uh, Abe Froman, do you respond? Abe Froman, do you read me? <laughs> yeah. um, so I forgot that what this movie was about. Um, and I watched a bootleg copy of it. Um, a very good bootleg copy, by the way. Um, like a screener quality bootleg copy. Um, but the whole... the, the I, I, had to, I had to change what I was... I had to change the, the, the version that I was watching... Because the first version I put on had spent like sometimes when you get the bootlegs they have like subtitles. Right, subtitles on it. And this one, so you couldn't put the English ones on and read them. So no, I could, but it was just like a pain in the ass. Yeah, because it was probably like overlaid on. What you say? Right, like yeah, probably because it was overlaid on top of the Spanish one, so it was harder to. No, it was just read. no. I could I could read them fine, but it was just annoying because they were actually well, underneath you, the Spanish subtitles. Then you sound like you're completed now. I am, but yeah, I completely forgot. Um, I for completely forgot that this movie was about hearing impaired people and that they would most likely be talking with sign language, 
and that they would have subtitles and I would need to understand what they're saying and then I don't read Spanish. Um, but I really wish that I knew how to speak sign language. Like sign language to me seems like a very, um, it seems, it would seem like I've, I took Spanish in high school and I used to work in a hospital that had a lot of Spanish patients and I only ever used Spanish, like my knowledge of Spanish once to communicate with a patient. I've had to deal with way more patients who were deaf and hearing impaired who signed that I couldn't communicate with properly um, more than uh, patients who I couldn't speak to uh, because I didn't know the language. Um, And I know you're wondering what was the Spanish thing I said to the patient. I had to bring a patient to the OR and we used to bring them down in the, in their beds and the patient was sitting in the chair in their room. So I was like, Oh, I'm here to bring you to the OR. I need you to get into the bed. And they looked at me, and I was like, fuck, how do you say bed in Spanish? And I was like, uh, comma, like, comma, comma. comma yeah. And she's like, I, comma, and got up and got into bed. <laughs> it was, she, was like a, she was like an older, older uh, Hispanic woman. So, um, oh, the other thing that I did was I, I talked to her. Um, when we were coming back from the OR, every time we would go over the bumps on the elevator, she would like wince in pain and say, adios mio. Uh, so I... I kept that apologizing like, to her. I kept going, Los Siento, Los Siento. She's like, Si, sí, si. Sí. So, uh, Los Siento is in time. I like that when she's napping in class and the teacher wakes her up, she wakes up signing. Did you notice that? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, like she wakes up. I don't know what she, I don't know what the sign she does is, but she wakes up and like immediately starts doing a sign. Um, it, if I'm and if I'm not mistaken, it was kind of just like a raised pinky, like by her cheek. I don't know what that means, but, um, but yeah, uh, I like the fact that the dad listens to rap music. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the whole doctor scene. I think the doctor scene is very funny. Yeah, I like she she tells the, she tells the parents that they're not that they they can never bang again. Yeah, and they're like, for how long? And she goes, no, nope, just done. Like no yeah, more and forever. <laughs> um. um. I like the idea that the family is super loud, but they don't understand. Like they I don't have, understand how loud. Yeah, they I are. have a, a couple notes uh, here and there about little things that they work into the storyline, or just like the the, the the not even like storyline dependent things, but things that uh you know you, you don't really think about of, of at what the situation would be like if you were a, in a deaf family and you were hearing that. Yeah, they they probably would make a lot of noise because they don't realize that they're or care. I guess. I mean, yeah. I, I, I assume that they would, if they knew it was how bothersome to, to Ruby it was, they would care at least, but they don't realize the noise they're making. Um, yeah, I've, like there's a couple things throughout. Like another one is uh, later on when it comes out that she was made fun of when she first started school, but she talked differently. And I had, never, I had never thought of that idea, that concept of having to learn um, to speak in a non-verbal deaf family. Yeah. Um, um, I, remember, I can't find um, anything about a, a sign language for a pinky up by your face. Yeah. I, um, I remember watching something where they were talking about how um, uh, it, it was, oh shit, what was the show? Is it called? There's a show on the Discovery Channel about that family that lives out in like the Alaskan bush. I think it's called Bush People. Something like that. I was about to say Bush People. Um, but they were talking about how for like a period of time, the whole family was living on a boat 
and like they brought one of their daughters home from the hospital to the boat and the kid learned how to walk on the boat so when like they learned how to walk on the boat and then they go to like dry land and they had a difficult time like you learn how to walk on unstable ground and then you're walking on like like solid earth and it, they, they they had a, like a hard time adjusting because it's like you ever see that uh, you ever see the Rick and Morty where uh, I think it's one of like the uh... did you ever have you watched Rick and Morty I forget no I haven't well there's one called uh, um uh, uh Morty's Mind Blowers or something like that I forget like uh, it's like a like an anthology kind of episode where they just keep bouncing around the different like vignettes of things that Morty's had taken from his memory so that like he could like function. Mm. And one was um I forget he challenges Rick to or like he like does something Morty does something where he like makes something like flat and smooth or something like that and, and Rick's not impressed. He's like I he's like it's like that's not even close to like pure like flatness or like pure like 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 uh, yeah, like basically pure flatness, and 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 so Morty challenges him to make it, and he like fucking like you see him like sanding the floor and like like just prepping it, and then Morty stands in it, and then like his just sense of like uh like the world is completely damaged because like <laughs> like his body is he he doesn't know how to handle it, it's so like he has to have that memory pulled out of his head. It's awesome. Um. Uh, I like the fact that the I like the fact that he plays Tinder. I, I have a note that says the family that Tinders together stays together. Yeah. Um. I. Uh... Oh, so here we go. I have a note that says the teacher seems super douchey. Um. Like his whole performance just kind of seems a little bit over the top. Yeah. Um. Towards, towards the end of the movie, I, I feel like towards the end of the movie, it kind of mellowed out a little bit. Um, I think no, I think it's not that it mellowed out. I think it's just that you, you get understand. No, you understand that it's he's like that because he cares. Yeah, like it, this is important to him, and he like has no time for people that uh, don't treat this with respect and and. So I think it's 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 not so much that it's it's softens, it's just you kind of in a in a sense you get used to it, but it's only because you start to realize motivation. Yeah. Like you understand motivation more, so it, it doesn't seem as like when it's out of nowhere and with no context, it can seem more severe than it is. Yeah. Um I like um I like the scene of him sorting the kids in the choir to like mm. what part of the choir they are. Um, when I was a senior in high school, they put me in choir class as an, I had choir as an elective in high school. And, um, you might be able to tell this from just the way that my voice sounds, but I was put into the bass category of the, um, you got a voice. Uh, they say, uh, I've heard, uh, Bowie has said about your voice. It's like uh, sand and glue. Yes. My voice is, uh, my voice is more like, um, which was your not, alternate intro, by the way. My, my voice is not isn't like it's not like sand and glue. It's like um, shards of glass and uh, construction adhesive. It's just harsher than sand and glue. <laughs> um, I like the friend who's just always trying to fuck, but then mm-hmm. um, like in so much so that like, there's a throwaway line about how she like fucks teachers. 
Did she fuck a teacher? Not in the movie, but when she's talking about wanting to hook up with with uh, the brother, uh, Leo, uh, 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 Ruby says like, "Why don't you just go back to fucking te- like have, like messing around with teachers and leave my brother alone or something like that?" Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, it's when they're in the room, like when she first, when the first time she she mentions wanting to bang around with the brother, brother, which is like makes me wonder like how long has it been since she's seen the brother? Because she was just like, "Oh, he got hot." Like, yeah, that was, like, that was that, that was like a. It was a very much like um, like like as if like the brother like that's the kind of thing where like someone comes back from college or something like that. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh. So um, Ruby messes with her friend. Her friend like yeah. asks how to like tell the brother that he's hot in sign language. So uh, Ruby messes with her and says and teaches her how to say I have herpes. Which I'm guessing the sexy body move that she does, like you know, she like kind of rubs her hand down her body. I'm guessing yeah. that was added by her and not part of. Because there's no way the sign language for a, "I have herpes" involves doing a sexy body move. Uh, you'd be surprised. Um, it turns out the the sign for "I have herpes" is putting your pinky up by your face. Up by your face, uh, yeah. Um, so I think um, go... I think I think the description of the episode is going to be two brothers watch, overanalyze, drink, put a pinky put up pinky by their face, by their and face. Just... which is also uh, featured heavily in another movie I watched. Not really, I wouldn't consider a "What are you watching?" I've seen it before. Uh, Austin Powers. There's also a yeah, lot of pinky up by your face. Actually, um, um, yeah, that was the movie night. We, 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 yeah, how about we watched? Back, it was Becky's movie, and she goes, let's watch Austin Powers. I think the kids might like it. So we're about, we watched the first one, Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. And we are about two-thirds of the way through, and Becky turns to me, and she goes, wait, is this not the one with Fat Bastard? I was like, no, that's the second one. And she goes, oh, that's the one I wanted. I was like, well, it's too uh, late now. And I wanted to watch two-thirds of this movie. I like the um, idea that she's like, She's just waiting, watching the movie. She's like, man, yeah. that actually comes in a lot later than I remember. Yeah. She's like, she's like, wow, when I saw it when I was younger, I remember him being a much bigger part of this movie. You know what um, it reminds me of? Do you remember in, um, in the movie Eurotrip when um, Michelle Trachtenberg and uh, and Scotty are, uh, like, they think they're, like, eating pop brownies in Amsterdam? And, like, Scotty's just, like, sitting there and he's like, I watched a gay porn once. He's like, I was just waiting for the girls, but the girls never came. <laughs> That's Becky You're... waiting for Fat Bastard. <laughs> uh, coincidentally, Euro Trip is one of Becky's favorite movies. That's, yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that. It was like such a weird movie for it to be like her favorite movie. I mean, don't uh, get me wrong, Euro Trip is great, but it's it's not. It's just it's a, it's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's not on a ton of top ten lists. No, probably not. This um. This movie has the saddest rendition of Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Going back real quick to the scene with uh, Gertie and uh, where they're at the house. Did you go after the movie and look up the shags? Um, no, I feel like I've listened to the shags before, though. Um, I'd be interested if you did, because they, it's a very weird band. They were a group of sisters in the '60s, whose the, whose grandmother had a premonition that her granddaughters would start a, a successful rock band. While she was reading 
she was reading her the grandmother was reading her son the girl's father palm and had the premonition that his daughters would start a, a famous uh, rock band so he pulled them out of school bought them instruments and drilled them in to like in becoming a band and they had like they they, they had one album and I I was reading the wikipedia this this one fact came up several places I saw they paid a man uh for a thousand records, he took off with nine hundred of the records and disappeared. So they only had a hundred of the records. Um, the band—they are not. I think they're purposefully this way. Like it seems like they're kind of like trying for like an art rocky kind of thing. They're not good. Like it's like the music musicianship isn't good. Um. And it's it's very strange, so I'd be surprised if you had listened to the Shags before. I mean, if it, maybe not, but I feel like the name like rang familiar when I heard it. Maybe I'm just thinking of something else. Maybe because um, same thing. I was like, oh, the Shags. Like I think I've heard of that before. And then I looked them up. I was like, I've never heard of the Shags. Maybe um, I'm thinking of Panic at the Disco. That's it. Uh, I get the two confused um, all the time. I just imagine, um, like, you know, when Ruby put that record on and I write Sins Not Tragedy starts playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, they, little known fact. In the same way that this movie was a remake of a French film, uh, I write Sins Not Tragedies is a cover of a Shag song. There you go. <laughs> um, Ruby, um, Ruby wants to fuck the kid with Sean Hunter hair. Um. That's what I re- that's what I refer to that haircut as, like the parted in the middle that kind of drapes down. I refer to that as the Sean Hunter. Um, yeah, I don't really like this Miles kid. Not you so don't much. Like him? I'm not not really. I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't hate him, but I was like, I wasn't like, oh, good. I hope he gets together with her. I don't know. Something about him just is a little, yeah. a little off putting. I was just watching. Um, uh, I can't like I had a. Uh, What's it called? A YouTube short come up in my my rotation. Mm. Watch it. Look at like just scrolling through them the other day of uh, a a clip from uh, between two ferns with mm. uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and he says something. Uh, uh, she she says something to make fun of him. He goes, "You know that's very off putting." And she goes, "You should be off putting, you know, because you're fat. <laughs> like you should stop eating pudding." No. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of pudding, I had pudding before we. So I know you did. So let's talk about the pudding. Yesterday, um, yesterday, my mom and I went on a, a small adventure. Friend of the podcast, uh, Skip Weiss, is a crazy person, and he's very brand loyal. And he wanted to make a ham, but he specifically wanted a particular brand of canned ham. Um, uh, so we went to two different supermarkets looking for this ham, and in the second supermarket we were in, I saw these puddings that they sell that have like pieces of like candy bar that you like like shake into the like you put into mix into the pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that specifically caught my eye was Heath bars. Okay. I like Heath bars. It's very old man candy. It is a very old man candy. Old old man and my wife. Like my wife will regularly sit down, eat a Heath bar, watch uh, Euro Trip. Yeah. That's what she does. Um, <laughs> that's, that's that. That's what we call a Saturday night around here. Yeah. Um, but I saw the Heath bar. And I was like, oh, that looks really good. And my uh, friend of the podcast, Debbie Weiss, 
was like, oh, get it. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that it looks interesting. So we ended up not finding a ham. Uh, I spoke to the butcher at one of the supermarkets, and according to the butcher, uh, the brand of hams that we were looking for have been discontinued. Oh, um, no. But don't, but don't right? tell Skip that. He'd insist that it's, that's not true. Um, he just he won't take the word of a professional butcher on meat. Um, but um, but yeah, this morning uh, uh, my the front of the podcast Debbie Weiss went and actually got a ham and bought me the Heath pudding. So I was here. Oh, that's nice. pudding. Yeah, she did. I felt so fucking lame because I'm like a 31 year old man. I was like, ooh, mom bought pudding. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, man, I need to get out more. Um, uh, but getting back uh, for a second, uh, you mentioned uh, "Let's Get It On." I find that a weird high school choir song choice. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, uh, out the gate, we're gonna learn this fucking song. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna learn this song about fucking. Um, but you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, like um, when um, when my daughter was in choir in elementary school, they did. Um, they did some songs that were like, because I remember like when, when we were younger in, element, in, in, in elementary school, there was like the same six songs that they sang like every fucking year. And the, um, the, when my daughter was in choir, she had a solo on, um, you remember that one song that's like, eh, eh, oh, eh, oh, eh, oh, eh, Pompeii eh, by Bastille. Huh? Pompeii by Bastille? Yeah. The they, one that um, one day inexplicably. Uh, was singing to myself at work, uh, and instead of uh, "How am I going to be an optimist about this?" I kept singing to myself, "How am I going to eat an octopus for breakfast?" Yeah, they, yeah, they, they. My daughter had a a, a solo on that song, um, in choir. So I was like, "Oh, like they're actually playing stuff that I know." Um, so that was interesting. Um, I like the fact that like the teacher. I've seen like TikToks of like teachers talking about this. Um, like the teacher um, puts Miles and Ruby together for the um, for the duet. And I was like, oh, he's making a love connection without even knowing he is. Um, I think she, she kind of makes like a face when when they say they know when he asks if they know each other, and I think yeah. he picks up on it at that point. They, um, but I've seen like um, I've seen like TikToks of like teachers saying like if they find out that like somebody in their class has a crush on somebody else in their class they'll rearrange the seating chart to put those two kids together. I was like, that seems a little weird that an adult is yeah. in too much. They're too invested in kid fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, You're like, what, like, <laughs> yeah, if you are um, in any way adjusting your seating chart uh, to facilitate uh, teenage intercourse, then I think you, you've crossed the line that you should go back on the other side of. Yeah. Like you need to, you need to maybe get a hobby like knitting or like, you know, shuffleboard or something. Yeah. Not, um, not child matchmaking. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just weird. Um, I like the fact that um, um, when Ruby is talking to the teacher, um, she says she can't express. She's, I forget what they're exactly talking about, but she has a hard time expressing herself through words but can express how she's feeling through signs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, um, uh, I don't know, it's like, it's almost like she's, like, like a person, like, like if, if, if a, English isn't a person's first language, they'll, 
like revert divert back to their um their uh primary language to like sit to, like you know like to, to to say something because they don't know like they might not know how to say it in in you know in another language so it's the same thing like she can't put the words together but she knows how to sign it i thought that was kind of interesting like she's she's prob she's a she's a hearing person but like sign is probably her first language you know it's like uh Another example would be it's like in a movie when a, a guy and this uh, uh we've talked about this and it kind of happens in this movie too. Uh, we talked about this when we did fighting with my family. When a guy is uh you know hurting is in pain and the only way he, he can express himself is to go to a bar and punch somebody. Yeah. Um, that we get a little bit of this uh in this movie, but it's like too early in the movie to be the same kind of thing as like fighting with my families was yeah. like if if after he got into like after he uh stormed off leo and then like that we see ruby go talk to him like on the beach later like if if in between him storming off and ruby talking to him on the beach he had gone to a bar and punched somebody that would be that kind of slot but this is a little too early in the movie to be the same exact yeah but yeah, so some guys just need to express themselves by bar punching. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the actress who plays the mom? Marley Matlin. I'm pretty sure she was on Dancing with the Stars. I think so. Hold on, I gotta shut off a fucking teapot. There you go. There you go. Don't you I hate remember, it when, uh... like, like I remember? I feel like I remember like mom watching it, and like I was like, I don't like. Uh, and that's actually she definitely was because that's how when I first saw the trailer, I thought, oh, that actress is actually deaf, and that's how I knew that she was deaf is because I'd seen Mom watching Dancing with the Stars. She had an interpreter, um, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how, like, it's you know, kind of more impressive for her to be doing it because she's doing it without the music. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Huh. Um, I think it's fun that the, the sister's horny friend just conveniently works at the bar that the brother punches somebody in. Mm-hmm. And then they just... Fuck. Yeah. Uh, oh, what do you think? I, I forget, because I don't have any notes about that specifically, so I don't know where we are specifically compared to my other notes. But uh, what do you think about this trope in movies that you see... More often now than before, because of the prevalence of like earbuds and stuff like that, where the a song is playing over the soundtrack of the movie, so it's like, it's like, it's in the soundtrack of the like, the movie you're watching. But then a character will take their headphones out, and it will the music will stop as if they the whole time that we were listening to this song and the soundtrack of the movie, they were listening to the song on their headphones. Um, I've seen a lot. I I don't. I've never seen it where the music completely stops. But I've seen it where they take out the earphone and the music gets lower. Yeah, which they did a little bit here, but that kind of fades out completely. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I like when uh, we get a, a, a shot of uh, the choir singing something or another, and, and uh, Bernardo Villalobos is going around listening, and he hands a girl like a little shaker. Oh, and she goes fucking ham with it? And, and she starts going, and he, and he, 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 he like turns back around and takes it away from her. Yeah. Um, I don't like his little like when he when he keeps Miles and um, Ruby afterwards and asks him if they've been practicing. 
And they said, yeah. And then they do it. And obviously they haven't been doing it together. And he goes, uh, duet. It's in the name. You have to duet together. I was like, that logic could be used literally for anything. Like, like, it's like duet. It's in the name. You have to duet in the bathtub. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) there's nothing inherent in the word duet in this, the way he's using it, like duet that implies it needs, like, that's what it, Yeah. again, just nitpicking. I just thought, thought I was like, well, that like that's very loose, very loose. That's like Yoda logic. Um, um I uh, I love oh. um... <laughs> like how he, he tells him to try it on the guitar as he's walking out. And I was like, Hispanics are always assuming that white boys play the guitar. <laughs> um, I say she brings a she brings a cute boy to her room with a, with and he has a guitar. Like they're gonna fall in love. Um. And I like the um, I like the. Oh, thing I, yeah! Group. I just realized I did have a note about him in the bar, so I jumped way back. Why was he allowed to stay in the bar and the other guy had to leave? He was the aggressor. Um, I think that's. I don't know. Um, good question. Uh, yeah. Have you noticed in the? If I don't know if you noticed, I did, and I kept seeing it after I noticed. Uh, the actress who plays Ruby the, makes a couple like Emma Stone faces here and there, like where she'll like just. The expression on her face and the angle she's like it. She's like that girl looks like Emma Stone. Yeah. Um, I like when they're they're playing in the bedroom and um, like they they feel awkward like staring at each other singing, so they go back to back with each other. And I was like, oh, that's called initiating physical contact right there. That's mm-hmm. subtle. Um, but I really like I like the like, like, a, like, like a, a I don't know what kind of shot it would be like a mid shot of. Um, of them, like them, centered in the, in the center of the frame, back to back. I like that shot. Um, it was nice. Um, I like the we'll idea to, that, we'll... like, huh? Oh, good. I was gonna mention something, but you continue your point. Oh no, I was gonna say I was gonna I was moving on to a to a new to a new note. So, but your oh, I mean, directly after this, the pairs get caught having sex. I like the whole post getting caught scene where they're. Talking. Oh yeah, I was gonna say this goes along with um what we were saying earlier, where like they don't realize how loud they're being. Um, like they don't realize they say like they didn't realize that she was home because they didn't hear them sing. Um, uh, but yeah, they the, the 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 dad asking what his what the dude's in, what Miles' intentions are. He tells him to put a helmet on that soldier. I like how it seems. I like how it seems. Put on like lounge clothes, but the day he just threw a bathrobe on and is now like interrogating yeah. this boy just in a bathrobe. Um, yeah, she, you know what she looks like? I can't think of exactly, like, like, she threw on, I'm guessing, like, a nightgown. Yeah. It looks like. And then he, yeah, he's just in a robe. Presumably naked underneath it. No. Um, we, we get the, we get the scene, um, in, like, the next, I'm assuming, like, the next day or, like, a couple days later in school. Where um, it appears that Miles has told the embarrassing story um, to the popular girl. Um, yeah, like what is he? 
Like he he's, he says later that he wasn't making fun of the fact that they're deaf. He was just laughing at the situation. But like, like he's like, hey, you know that girl Ruby? Her parents fucked. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh, I had a note that says, I want to be a vocal teacher so I can just yell at people to breathe all day. Like, he's at one point, he's literally just, like, screaming at them to breathe. And it makes me laugh, because, like, it's just constantly, like... And I feel like I've, like... My daughter takes singing lessons, and I hear, um, like, her vocal teacher doing the same thing, like, telling her to breathe and, like, yelling at her to breathe properly and stuff like that. There's a couple so, jobs you could get where, if you're, if you're into telling people to breathe, you could be a, a singing teacher, a uh, Lamaze coach. True. Um... Uh, if you want to teach people to breathe at specific uh, points in time, you could be like a swim coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like, uh, there's a lot of, uh, nowadays, especially with technology, there's a lot of uh, opportunities for breathing instruction enthusiasts out there. So, like, don't give up your dream. That's all I'm saying. Um, uh, I have a note here that, um, Saying that I used to hate, I at the beginning of the, the, the edit when he's first introduced, I did not like the teacher, um, and then I think like you said, like you kind of understand that his character is the way that he is through his, you know, just his passion for. Um, like you said, like his, you could, you could, you get that the way he is is because he takes what he does seriously and wants everyone else to take it seriously as well. Potential in Ruby that he doesn't want to go to waste. Yeah. Um. Where is my note? My computer just did something stupid. Um. I want to. I like. Uh, being an interpreter seems fun. Cause like you get to like being an interpreter seems fun. Um. I forget what point of oh wait I think this is like when they're at the like the town hall meeting of the fishermen and um the uh the daughter like she, the, the dad gets up and he starts like signing and the daughter is like translating for him and she's like you're a dick and he's like that's that's what he said <laughs> um we get a we get I fought the law by the clash um I didn't see. I, I forgot to check the results. Who, who won in that instance? Uh, the, the law, Zach. Nah, damn! I had money on on uh, I. Yeah. <laughs> I have three notes that just say the mom feels isolated. Miles feels bad. Ruby is torn. Ruby is torn. Yeah. Like Natalie and Bruya. Yeah, she's lying naked on the floor. Adam, she's, um, a, she's a teenager, you sick fuck. Um, I like the. Um, what do you guys? What are you? The guy who, who writes Euphoria? Yeah. <laughs> I like. Um, what are you? The teacher that tries to pair up her students? Yeah. Why don't you go make um, a seating chart about it, you freak? Yeah. Um, I like. You sit. Uh, you sit. You sit. Uh, naked Ruby next to the floor. Yeah. I. <laughs> I like this. When um, Ruby is basically telling her family that she uh, what Saul did to him, um, uh, I like the performance that um, that Ruby. Like, what's the name of the actress who plays Ruby? Um, 
think we're just going to go with Ruby. Yeah, okay. Um, I like Ruby's performance here. Amelia Jones. Amelia Jones. I like her performance um, where she's, you know, she's, she's explaining to she's explaining to her family that, like, this thing that they don't really get is the thing that, like, wakes her, like, makes her, you know, like, get up in the morning, basically. Um, I like, I like the delivery, I like the, the, the delivery of the line. She says, singing is what I love. Um, you can, you can kind of see it, like, she actually, like, 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 the look on her face, I was like, I was like, looking at her, I was like, oh, shit, she fucking loves singing. Like, I, I buy that that part, that that chick likes singing in real life. I'm um, curious, I'm, I'm trying to, to look up as we're, we're talking, what her background is, whether she had to, um, learn sign language for the movie, or if she, her, it's somewhere in her background, she, she, she oh, she learned sign language. That's um, a lot of sign language to learn. I read a I read an, a thing where apparently she spent nine months before um, before the movie started filming learning sign language, and um, uh, she learned how to, she learned spent nine months learning sign language, and also basically learning how to work on a fishing boat. Well, I, I like to think she did the both simultaneously, like she would go out on a fishing boat and bring her sign language instructor. I like yeah. That. So then there's like a sign language instructor having to wear those like what are they called waiters? Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I Amelia put glasses on me, like heart shaped glasses. And she thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> um. But are they prescription lenses? Jesus, I couldn't even see through them. Um, <laughs> you know those prescription uh, strength uh, Minnie Mouse heart glasses that they that are out and around. Yeah. Um, to stop here. Put them on. No. Um. Uh. What shit luck? I mean, it's it's classic movie luck that the day that Ruby gets pissed and doesn't come to work uh, is the day. That they're uh, they're uh, um, being checked out by the government. Yeah. Um, um, yes. Yeah. Kill it. Kill it with fire. I uh, fire only makes it stronger. <laughs> I, she absorbs I it. Yeah, she absorbs it. She becomes fire. Yeah. Um, I I hate this thing that happens in movies now, and I see it a lot, and it pisses me off. Um. I hate that I'm expected to be able to read uh, characters' iPhone screens on screen. Because, like... Uh Huh? Uh, Okay, continue. Listen. So, in this, like, Ruby's texting Miles about, like, he's, like, trying to make it up to her and shit. Um, And the whole thing is being... We're supposed to be reading their conversation on the phone screen. Um... Seeing this movie in a theater, I'm sure it would have been fine because it's a fucking 40-foot-tall, you know, cell phone screen. But watching this movie at home across the living room on, like, on the couch, I literally had to pause and, like, sit up on the couch and, like, move closer to the TV, excuse me, to figure out what the fuck was saying on the phone. That sounds, like that, a, uh, that sounds like a you problem, my man. Sounds like you might been, need some of those prescription-strength Minnie Mouse heart glasses. Yeah. There's been movies where, like, that's, that's, like, a thing in the movie is, like, 
they're like they're supposed to be reading I'm supposed to be reading the text message on the screen. I've literally had to pause the movie, get up, go across to the TV and read the screen. Did you have an issue when uh, uh, Gertie and Leo were texting at the bar? No, because I feel like they're, I feel like their their phones, they're, I feel like their phones were more like up, like more centered in, the, like more up, like in, mm-hmm. the, in the shot. Um, so it's a cinematography issue that you're having, not a yeah. <laughs> um, playful splashing leads to sex. Uh. No, over over log kisses lead to sex. Yeah, they do. Never kiss a girl over a log unless you're willing to commit. I'm 99% sure that's what happened in Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yeah. Um, they kissed over a log, and then uh, um, a baseball announcer <laughs> came on. <laughs> and Meatloaf was like, fuck, baseball announcer. <laughs> that means I'm going to marry this girl. True story. I read um, an article after Meatloaf died. Uh, a, a retrospective about Paradise by the Dashboard Light came out, and Jim Steinem <laughs> said it was all about uh, log kissing. Nice. Yeah. Um, at first, I didn't realize why the girl, why the um, the the government lady, wasn't notifying <laughs> them that the Coast Guard was calling them, and then I realized that she called the Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. As a child, um, but she's a bitch. But inherently, her need to inform them about the Coast Guard calling was the problem in and itself. Like if she yeah. if she needed to tell them, then that's why they're coming to begin. Like like they should be coming, I guess. At that point, yeah. Like she's not wrong. Like you 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 feel attached to this family, and you um uh want them to succeed so inherently any character that that acts um against them you, you'll have negative feelings towards but she's not wrong they, they 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 shouldn't be doing that no um we have the conversation here between... talk for a second i gotta step away for a second yeah um we have the conversation between ruby and um the mom um where ruby asks the mom if she ever wishes she was deaf um and the mom tells her that she did when she was born because she was afraid that um she wouldn't be able to like relate to her like she would think like she thinks like she would she would fail her because she knew that her being deaf and her mom being deaf um kind of put a wedge between them um and um, I was talking earlier about how this movie, you know, like it, I, I can kind of like this movie gets me a little bit more than Zach because of um, my daughter, you know, being born with a handicap. Um, you know, I've had I've I, I, not 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 a similar um, not a, not a similar feeling of like me feeling like I'm not going to be able to um, relate to my daughter because she has her disability. Um, more of like like me worrying about failing her because she has the disability. You know what I mean? I think the mom kind of has that same thing. Like yeah. she wouldn't be a this good is, enough mom because she's deaf and the kid's not. This is my uh, crying number one. I don't remember. I don't think this was my crying number one. Um, if I remember correctly, my crying number one um, 
was after the concert. When um, she's singing to him on the back of the truck. When yeah, when she's singing on That's the back of the crying. truck and he has his hands like on like her vocal he has like her, his hands on the side of her neck to feel her vocal cords. That's my crying number two. Um I like the I like I like, A, I like the fact that the family actually showed up to the um to the concert. Um, I don't like how the boys all had to dress alike. But the girls the didn't girls even have a, like wear whatever the fuck they, they, they want. Yeah. Like at first, the first couple girls you see are all wearing a very various shades of red. Like you, have, mm-hmm. you see, like two or three girls, including Ruby. Oh, but then the girls wearing like a, a like a green dress. I was like, the girls didn't even have to wear a specific color dress. The boys had to wear yeah, exact I feel like specifically. The girls probably worn. I feel like all the girls probably should have worn red um, to match the boys' ties. Yeah, because the um, boys had to wear specifically white shirts with red tie. I thought, yeah. like, this is reverse sexism. What's up? Don't knock on my door. What's up? Hello? Oh. They, that's, 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 that, that's not them. That's me. That's what I just said. What kind of peer Or that's not you? me. That's them. Uh, here. Mike, say, say hi to Zach. Hi, Zach. Hey, Mike. Me, me, up, me and Zach are uh, recording our podcast. Okay. So, Mike, you're uh, you're part of the podcast now, Mike. Whoa. Now you're now an official friend of the show. There you go. Podcast with a Heineken. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Usually, I do the podcast with PBR. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I, my uh, uh, Zach and I's uh, brother Mike is over for dinner tonight. When um, when when you were like hello and no one answered, I was going to be like, I was like, and no one. It turns out no one's knocked on that door in twenty years. Knocked on that door. <laughs> the door's been closed for forty <laughs> years. Um. Uh. I like the scene. Um. When they're at the thing. When they're at the concert and Ruby. Is like getting her parents, getting her family to clap along, clap on beat. Mm. Um, I like that. I realize this movie is kind of like this movie's like a reverse Mr. Holland's opus. In Mrs. Holland's opus? No, in the sense that it's a (laughs) Mr. Holland's opus was a a music teacher who had a deaf kid. This is a deaf kid. This is a hearing kid who has a music teacher. Huh? It, Mr. Holland's Opus is about a music teacher who has a deaf kid. This movie is about a deaf kid who has a music teacher. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, I've seen Mr. Holland's Opus exactly one time, and it might have been... If Mr. Holland's Opus came out in, like, 1996, then I would have seen it probably around 1996. Yeah. So it's been, um, <laughs> it's been like, a very long time since I've seen Mr. Holland's Opus. Been a bit. Um, gotta, gotta love the, 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 the Dreyfus though, yeah. Gotta love them. Um, the family, Who's his wife I, in that, anybody? huh? Who's his wife in that? I have no idea. <laughs> Just the way he said, it. Who's his wife in that? Uh, uh, it looks like her name is Glenn G L E N N E Glenn Headley. Sure, oh, I kind of I recognize her. Yeah. I don't know from what, but I recognize her. Um, the family applauding gets me. Um, not the fact the fact that they're applauding. They applaud um, when they applaud. They applaud how um, deaf people applaud. The, the when they, their head. That we learned last year in the Oscar-nominated film uh, "Sound of Metal." Yeah. Um, Did, you, wait, it's gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not willing at this point to say that there is a coincidence. But if there's a deaf movie next year nominated for an Oscar, and we end up having to cover it randomly, quote unquote, randomly. 
Mm. Uh, I'm gonna think something's up. Yeah, it's definitely like this. Is, we're 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 slowly gonna become the Death Movie podcast. I'm trying to think of what would be this year's equivalent to Minari that we might have to cover like next week. Um, I guess it's anything say, Belfast. Didn't you say there's a? Didn't you say there's like a Japanese movie? Oh yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, Minari, Minari was Korean, um, but it, it, but it was you know predominantly. Minari in, would be like a mix of Drive My Car and Belfast because one is like a, a story about a family set in the past, like the not so distant past. And then uh, uh, drive my cars in Japanese. Yeah. Um, I have a note that just says he wants to fuck them, but I don't know what. Oh, when he says he says he looked oh, up on YouTube. Oh, that's right. When he, when he, did, when he, he says that YouTube's had to say like "nice to meet you," but this is nice to fuck you. Like, like, like nice to fuck you. And then when like the that. dad goes, "No, I understand what you're saying. It's nice to screw you too." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have a note. The dad feeling her vocal cords. That was the first time. My 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 last three notes of 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 the of the movie are just the three times that made me cry. Um. um so the dad. Oh, so you her just have this, cords. and then you just have, so you have this, including this. You have two other, uh, three other notes, and then you're done. I have three notes. I have three notes. One of which being the dad feeling her vocal cords got me. Um. I uh, let me run through a couple of my notes, and then we'll get on to number which which. Might be my number. Is my number three? I'm guessing is your number two. Um, uh, the room that she auditions is is a weird theater. Like it's very narrow and yeah. weirdly lit. Um, I just have, like, I just have a note. Like when 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 um, when Bernardo Villalobos comes in and he goes, I could play for. Just like I just I imagine going. Uh, one of the 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 people that are running the auditions go. Well, this is this is highly unusual. Um, <laughs> I think Slick. I like the idea that like maybe they were like, oh, this is highly unusual, and then he says that he's class of nineteen eighty nine, and they're like, oh, it's cool. Like he's he's down. He knows what's up. <laughs> a slick move by Lobos by pretending to screw up so that she could restart. Yeah, I like that. Um, I didn't like how they. So here's how the scenes are laid out. You see the family sitting outside, like let's go up the stairs to the balcony. So they start to go up the stairs. We then see the entire interaction in the audition where she doesn't have her sheet music. Villa Lobos comes in and takes over. And then, like, while she's singing the first go, the family comes in. I was like, how long are those fucking stairs to the balcony? Pretty big, dude. Yeah, Pretty it's big. like it's like you have to walk to another building and then cross like a, a bridge or something. Um, yeah. My crime number three is when she starts signing as she sings. Yeah, this was this was one of the two things... That I knew was going to happen, but it still got me. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly thought it was going to happen at the at the fall concert. Um, yeah, but, um, I, I was expecting some sort of signing at the fall concert too. In, in, yeah. in retrospect, but yeah, when she starts uh, signing, that was me crying number three. Um, yeah, with, I, I knew I knew that it was definitely going to happen, and like the second it started happening, I I like instantly started tearing up about it. Um, uh, when when her and Miles are sitting at the rock at the water. Uh, at the end, his cheeks are super red for some reason. It's cold, Zach. I know. I think it's it like it looks more like he had been leaning on his cheek. Yeah, like, that's what you do. Uh, um. So she gets into the school. She's going away. Gertie, for some reason, is packing her stuff in the car. Yeah, pack your own damn stuff. <laughs> um. She packs her stuff, 
And then they close the trunk, and then she puts a bag in the back seat. I was like, no room in the trunk for that one bag. Like, how much stuff are you actually taking? Yeah. Um, and then her leaving, the whole the whole her leaving thing, uh, more so this time, I'd forgotten. The one thing I'd forgotten about the ending um, was the dad saying go. I'm tearing up now. That's that's the that's the other thing I knew. I was um, already, I was already crying when he said, but that I was like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, the um, I forgot about that. I knew, I knew that was the that was the second thing that I knew was going to happen, but still got me. Um, and like it literally from the conversation that um, I, I knew, I knew from the conversation that Ruby has with her mom. I was like, at some point in this movie, one of these family members whose who's death is going to say audible words to Ruby, and it's going to fucking make me cry. Um, uh, dude, I'm like, it's getting me right. This is like fucking Monsters, Inc. all over again. Yeah. Like, um, just talking I, yeah, like, about I knew, this guy. I, 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 I thought that it was going to be... I thought it was going to be one of the parents telling her that, that, that they love her. Mm. Um, but I think I think I like I think I like the dad telling her to go more than I like one of the parents saying that they love her. You know what I mean? Um, did you um, look up and see the significance of the slight modification on the "I love you" sign that she gives? She has a she has like her fingers crossed. Her middle finger too. crossed over her her index finger, which I'm assuming uh, means like forever. It's I uh, very much is what I've. Okay. I, I've gathered from from what I've read by crossing your fingers like that. It means I love you very much. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, that was my choice for best picture, Coda, um, in a perfect world. You know, I, I've I've heard not many places, but some places saying that their SAG win might might be the start of a build of momentum mm-hmm. for them that could carry to the Oscars. I don't really. I think. I think there's other movies that uh, are ingrained with that momentum, like Power of the Dog. Um, I, I don't think I, I think it's a long shot, but I'm hoping for for Troy Cotner uh, because I, I I do have him listed as number one. He was funny. And there was emotion. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to convey uh, things without speaking, which he has one spoken word this entire movie. No. Um, but thinking about Trey Connor got me thinking of best supporting actor nominees across this this uh, this century. Um, so I decided for our top five this week we were going to do top five 21st century best supporting actor nominees. Probably the most wordy top five categories yeah. that we're doing. Um, so as I said, Adam, they, I'm not talking about winners. I'm not talking about losers because I remember. Remember when we did Moneyball? It was uh, Best Picture Losers of the 21st Century. This one I left it open. Uh, Winner, loser, it doesn't matter. Just nominated. Um, Adam, what did you have uh, as your your, your top five? I believe you got a couple. uh, So I have have a top five and I have two honorable mentions. And I said to Zach, if I'm not mistaken, one of my top five actually won. And then one of my honorable mentions actually won. Everybody else, I believe, lost. Um, I have Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. He was um, on my short list. 
I have Heath Ledger in Dark Knight, which who See, won. I I kept him off because that was too easy. No, see, I, 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 I like that. I like, I like. I, I, I love Heath Ledger as the Joker, but I felt like, um, if I want to have something interesting to talk about in relation to the list, then that one is too easy. But I, I saw a thing. Um, I saw a thing. Speaking of um, Heath Ledger as the Joker, um, I saw a thing where it was like a like an interview on like a red carpet, where it was like right after Robert Pattinson was announced as um, playing Batman. Um, the Batman. The Batman. Somebody, um, somebody like was a- interviewing um, Christian Bale on a red carpet, and they said, "What do you think about Robert Pattinson playing Batman?" And he's like, "I'm super excited." He's like, "I think he just has to make it his own." You know, I think he's a great actor. And he's like, "You know, people, people gave people thought it was weird when they cast Heath Ledger as the Joker, and look what we got from that." He's like, "So don't, you know, don't take it, don't take the 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 casting on face value. Like, wait to." Wait till you actually see what they can do to make that assumption or to make that um, decision. Um, I thought that was nice of a, a, an ex-Batman saying he wishes a future Batman the best of luck. Um, after after that interview, Christian Bale immediately lost forty five pounds and then yelled at a stagehand. Exactly, because um, that's that's what he does. What he does, he's just kooky. Um, so I have Joaquin Phoenix, I have Heath Ledger. Uh, Christoph Waltz. Wait, wait. And... I saw a timeline the other day of. Sorry to interrupt. I, I also have Christoph Waltz. Uh, well, one Christoph Waltz. Um, uh, a timeline of the weight fluctuations in a row that uh, Christian Bale. He didn't, like, for a stretch, he didn't make two movies in a row where he could be the same weight. Like, yeah. he literally went, like, he went from, like, The Machinist to, like, Batman to, like, uh, American Hustle to, like, The Fighter. Like he, he was like on the reg, just dropping like seventy, and then picking up eighty, and then dropping forty five. Like he was. Yeah, he was just he was just all kinds of fucked up. And like they, like to the point where you would think, you would think that he would be like he was offered roles where he could stay the way he was currently. He said no. No, I want to fuck where, with myself. Where is the art in that? Yeah. Um, you have Christopher Waltz in. In Glorious Pastors. Okay, that's what I have because. He was another. He's one of the couple double. Nominees. He's also no, he was also nominated for Django Unchained. Oh, he won for Django Unchained. Did he win for Django? Yeah, he's two. Times. I didn't realize that he won. Um, um, another one who I have on my list who was actually nominated twice in the in the past um, couple years was um, I have Jonah Hill for Wolf of Wall Street. That's what I have as well. Nominated for Moneyball. I have Moneyball. Jonah Hill's Moneyball on my short list. Yeah, um, but I went with Jonah Hill's Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, and then I have J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Um, Still haven't that's seen my Whiplash. top five. My my honorable mentions. Um, I feel like we talked about it. Friend of the podcast. We talked about it when we covered it. Um, my honorable mentions are both Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I have Daniel Kaluuya on my short list. I didn't put Lakeith Stanfield for some reason, but I probably would in retrospect. Um, just real quick. Uh, my short list that we haven't mentioned yet. I had Alan Arkin and Little Miss Sunshine on my short list. He was on my he was on my long in my my pre edit list. I had Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master on my short list. See, I've never seen The Master. Um, and I also had Troy Kotzer for, for this movie Coda. Um, in on my short list. My my main list though. We already mentioned 
Jonah Hill and Wolf of Wall Street, and we mentioned Christoph Waltz and Glorious Bastards. I had Michael Shannon, friend of the show, Michael Shannon in Revolutionary Road. No, he plays a, a strange, strange character. Uh, um, he's like uh, the son of a couple that Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet's uh, 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 couple. No, uh, he, he's their uh, like it's an older couple, and the son. Uh, there's something off about him. I guess some mental issues. Hmm. Um, I had John C. Riley in Chicago. He was on my pre-edit list. Um, and then I had a underrated movie, which I feel like doesn't get talked enough about, especially considering how big a star Jennifer Lawrence has gone on to be. I had John Haw- Hawks in Winter's Bone. I don't think I've ever seen Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone's a very good movie. You, you know what's about? Bones in the winter? Yep. Moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, no, Jennifer Lawrence, it's like takes place in like Appalachia like area. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence plays the oldest daughter of a family. The mother is mentally ill, and the father has disappeared. Like mm-hmm. he was like into some shady shit. So he's they they think he's run off, and the bank is going to foreclose on the house unless they can like he, the the father put the house up as um, collateral wow. for bail, and then disappeared. So they're mm-hmm. going to take the house. Unless they can find the father, she goes looking for the father, and John Hawks plays her uncle, and she gets involved in this like very shady like Appalachia uh, like drug business. Like she like she doesn't get involved with, it, but she gets like you know she has to s- step into this world to try to find her father. Um, yeah. Very good movie, underrated. Like I said, um, hey Adam, uh, besides Coda, what are you watching? Um, I, I watched, um, I watched three new things this week. Um, one of which being Coda. Um, but I started watching, um, uh, the Amazon prime original series, uh, marvelous Miss Maisel. Um, I had stopped by my parents' house before work the other day and they were watching, I caught the back half of the first uh, episode. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, so I started watching it. Um, so right now I'm currently, I think I'm like one or two episodes into season two of Marvelous Miss Maisel, and I like it. It's funny. Um, I'm a big fan. I, uh, I, also, I, like the, I like the guy playing Lenny Bruce. Yeah. He pops. What have I seen him in recently? Keep talking. Friend. I'm going to look him up. Um, I also watched the new uh, Disney Pixar movie, Turning Red. Um, that was the other new thing that I watched. Uh, we'll I enjoyed see, it. Uh, yeah, put a put a plug in that. Let me go through mine, and we'll I'll end on turning red. We could do a little bit on turning red. Um, and then also, I, I think I mentioned on last week's podcast, um, I have officially caught up to The Walking Dead. So I actually watched. Um, we're recording this on oh. Sunday, so there's a new episode airing tonight. But I watched last week's episode. You just um, reminded me over the course of the week. Um, I was embarrassed by my what are you watching because literally until you just reminded me of last Sunday, my uh, what are you watching was Ben's what are you watching exactly. Like I didn't have any adult thing, but I just remembered something. So I'll, I'll, let me, uh, the, uh, the, the adult thing I watched was I started watching um, Winning Time. The what is new it? H- Winning Time. The new HBO show about the uh, 80s Showtime Lakers. Oh, okay. With John C. The, the show that broke up Adam McKay and Will Ferrell, if you believe the stories. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it's pretty funny. Very, like, break the fourth wall. John C. Riley's pretty good in it. 
Um, uh, you know, people pop up here and there. What's the guy's name? Fuck. Now I'm going to look look him up. I've got so many things to look up, Adam. Um, you trying to figure out the guy who played Lenny Bruce? That was the other thing I need to look up. Oh, Jason Clark, isn't it? Uh, oh, okay. <coughs> very generic name, very generic guy. But it, when you see him, you, you know you've seen like, <coughs> excuse me, like 40,000 things with Jason Clark in it. Um, yeah, he was, I think in, was, um, was he in he Pet was, Cemetery? He was in Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, I think he was also in the, the Pet Cemetery. He, he was in the new, he was in the, the yeah. remake of Pet Cemetery. So. Um, uh, that's the, what they slotted into the Euphoria time slot. Now that Euphoria is done oh, okay. for the season. Um, aside from that, I watched Scooby Doo and the Rest- WrestleMania Mystery. Of course. Very strange. We watched it again today because Ben wanted to watch it. Very strange. Um, I liked the idea though that they because Vince McMahon does voices it, his own voice in it, mm. and at one point towards the end, everyone's like Scooby Doo. And then Vince McMahon's like, Scooby-Doo! And I was like, I would love someone, please, please find me the footage of, of uh, uh, Vince McMahon recording Scooby, exclaiming the phrase Scooby-Doo. Um, we watched the, um, uh, I would say the seminal work on Zebra's horse racing, uh, <laughs> Racing Stripes. Very nice. Um it was, it was exactly what you think it is. Uh, and then we have watched way too much Alvin and the Chipmunks live action movies this week. Like the Jason Lee ones? The Jason Lee ones. Um, of which there are four, but only two are available for streaming. The mm. first and the fourth. So I have yet to be able to find out what happens in the squeakquel. Oh, and I... I have yet to find out when the chipmunks uh, get chipwrecked. No, I no. only know their their humble origins and uh, what happens when they went on a road trip. Um, I am um, I'm looking up the guy who plays Lenny Bruce right now. His the actor's name is Luke Kirby. Mm. Luke Kirby, excuse me. Um, there's nothing that I recognize him from. I'm in, I'm already in 2019. You watched. Um, you watched the Twilight Zone, didn't you? Yeah. He was in an episode of the Twilight Zone. So that, yeah. Uh, he was in Glass. I don't remember in Glass, but I watched Glass, so I'm sure at some point I was like, hey, that's Lenny Bruce. No, he was in Glass. Um, yeah. He was in a movie called Shattered Glass, too. He, he loves loves Glass. Yeah, there's loves anything, Glass. there's anything I know about um, can, Kirby, it's his love of Glass. In, in fact... When they asked him to do Marvelous Miss Maisel, he questioned whether they could potentially change the name of the show to the Marvelous Glass Maisel. <laughs> Unfortunately, they were already deep in production, no. um, so they were unable to to make the change for him. Um, uh, yeah. So the funniest moment this week for me was when I went on IMDb to look up trivia on Alvin and the Chipmunks, the movie. <laughs> Because I wanted to know the story about it. And as scrolling through IMDb, I passed the parental guidance section Mm -hmm. where users can submit instances in the movie of uh, the categories are are sex and nudity, uh, violence and gore, uh, uh, drugs and smoking, et cetera, et cetera. 
the uh, IMDb for Albert and the Chipmunks, which I'm about to look up right now because I want to read you some some instances. Uh, uh, one moment. Albert and the Chipmunks. Scrolling down to parental guidance. Uh, wait a second. It, things have changed. When I looked at it the other day, it listed sex and nudity as severe and had certain things, which are still listed, but now it's listed as none. But I swear to you, it said severe the other day. Um, a man wears a robe that hangs open in the front, exposing his bare chest. Uh, uh, we see three line drawings of chipmunk butts. A chipmunk says to a man, you should have kissed her. You wanted to. So things. Uh, uh, it, it seems like it, it seems like uh, IMDb got around to, to fixing the violence and gore is still listed as severe. I like to think that like somebody wrote into the uh, to the section uh, section what is it sex and nudity uh, for hours yeah. chipmunks and just wrote for the first half of those movies the chipmunks aren't wearing clothes. They aren't, and even later in the movie they take their shirts off. Uh, yeah. For it's still listed as severe for. Uh, violence and gore uh -uh. Um, for things such as a man throws a chipmunk out of a room and it slides across the floor um, and a remote control robot chases a chipmunk uh -uh. so you know if you're if you're very anti-violence don't watch Alvin and the Chipmunk but let's yeah. let's get into Turning Red uh, what did you think overall about Turning Red I enjoyed it um, it was goofy I liked it as well. um, it's a it's, I said to um I said to our mom, uh, it's, a, it's an allegory for, uh, for a girl going through puberty. Um, um, it's yeah, a little, Becky it's refuses a to... That they, they called it turning red, which I think is kind of fucked up. Becky refuses to acknowledge that this is about a girl getting her period. And she's like, no, it's about puberty. I'm like, yes, what happens to a girl <laughs> when she yeah, goes but... through puberty? Yeah. So, yeah, she's like, it's about emotions. I'm like, no, they made that movie already. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is something different. Um, I, I thought I joked to you uh, yesterday that uh, it's crazy to me that some sort of a conversation happened where Pixar sat in a room, Pixar executive sat in a room with Disney executives, and said our next movie is about a Canadian Asian girl getting her period and then fighting with her mom, and there Disney was like, right on. Uh, we'll see, we'll like, see. He's like, that's red. Like, proceed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, spoiler alert! If anyone hasn't seen Turning Red, um, which I want to keep calling Seeing Red. Yeah, but that's so not what it's called. Um. Uh, if you haven't seen Turning Red, skip ahead a minute or two. Uh. It's, I find it incredibly hard to believe that no criminal charges were filed for the destruction of the Sky Dome. Yeah, no. Nah. Like, and they also... How do you charge a red panda? You know? They're adorable. Well, yeah, it's true. Like, with, with adorable handcuffs? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they show them that they, they, they're supposedly raising money to pay back for construction. Yeah. But still, it's, See, it seems... all, it, 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 you could you could you could cause immense amount of property damage, 
as long as, long as, as you, you have like a little rascals type plan to raise money, you're mm-hmm. fine. So- <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it I, I, I said in my, my letterbox review, I gave it three and a half stars. Not the best Pixar, but not by far not the worst. Yeah. Um, uh, Becky found it very funny that she drew the kid from the convenience store as a mermaid. Oh, yeah. She's like, why is he a mermaid? I was like, merman. Merman. <laughs> merman. Um, black lung, pop. Uh, I guess all that's left to do is figure out what we're going to be watching uh, next week. Let me pull up a random number generator. We're going one through ten, just to uh, let everybody uh, keep everybody up to date. Um, uh, number two and number ten are not uh, available to be picked. Number two was Nightmare Alley. Number ten was Coda. So anything one, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine. Um, Adam, if you're ready, I'm going to press the button. Uh, by all means. One, which is, I believe, Don't Look Up. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so I've next week, <laughs> um, next week we'll be covering the, it's available on Netflix to stream. We'll be, uh, we were just talking about Adam McKay a second ago when we were talking about winning time, the Adam McKay written, directed Leo aforementioned Jennifer Lawrence. It's, it's all tied in together. Um, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Um, always in our thoughts, Meryl Streep. Always in uh, our thoughts, Timothy Chalamet, the chameleon. Always in our prayers. Uh, oh, fuck. What's it? Mark Rylance. Um, <laughs> you know how we're always praying about uh, Academy Award winning actor Mark Rylance? Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, next week uh, I can't say I'm I'm interested in going back and, and watching this one again. Yeah, I think I, in, I, I think at the end of the day, worst case scenario, it'll give us something funny to say. The, at, at the very least, a movie that has some humor to it. Yeah. So um, it's not again, it's not like morose, like and slow, like drive my car. Uh, yeah. Which uh, saying that, uh, join us in two weeks when we'll be covering. Drive my car. Dri- drive my car. Um, I'm going to make a prediction, and I don't want to. I don't want to go in uh, watching the movie uh, with any uh, uh, preconceived mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently have this movie ranked in my best picture rankings at number five. What? Uh, don't look up. Yes. Okay. I don't see rewatching it raising its ranking, but you see it lowering it. I, if anything is going to happen, I could see it falling in my rankings because looking back on the movie, I'm not sure I enjoyed it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering how much of it was finding the funny things in the movie funny. Yeah. And how much of enjoying the movie was actually enjoying the movie? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, like I said, that's available on Netflix. Another uh, uh, two weeks in a row for me. You could have, you didn't have to worry about the the the, the uh, stream in the Coda. I told you I had an Apple TV. Oh, I know, but, but like I, I I figured like I, if I couldn't find a good copy, I would ask for your stream um, for your for your login. But I figured I was like, fuck it, I'll see if I can get a good copy of it if I can, and I did so. 
Um, so yeah, if you want to do your, your little, uh, absolutely. Um, follow us always on the social medias on the Twitter at summer movie CLU and then the number one, um, uh, and then also follow us on Instagram at summer movie club. Um, very excited, uh, as always for the pictures Zach posts. Um, yeah, but, uh, my Zach, one's you, decent. Huh? My Coda one's decent. I'm looking at it. Like I said, I think I said last week. Zach sent me all of the the, the pictures for um, <laughs> that we could possibly have for this month, and I forget them um, because I have a terrible memory. Um, but uh, but I'm always excited to see them again. Um, so Zach, if you have nothing else to say, I will say, as we always say, uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind to one another, and uh, we'll see everybody next week for Don't Look Up. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. It was nice to fuck you. Yeah, it was nice, to, nice to screw you as well. All right, we'll see Thanks, you guys, guys next week. I love you. I mean it. Goodbye, y'all. <laughs>